Hello, bookworms, and welcome to Oh, for the Love of Books. This show gives you information from the books I've read or ones you suggest for me to read. I'm your host, Jessica Vickery, and thank you for joining me. Here are the next three books in the Black Dagger Brotherhood. Book 13, The Shadows. Trez Latimer doesn't really exist. And not just because the identity was created so that a shadow could function in the underbelly of the human world. Sold by his parents to the Queen of the Shasaib as a child, Trez escaped the territory and has been a pimp and an enforcer in Coldwell, New York, for years, all the while on the run from a destiny of sexual servitude. He's never had anyone he could totally rely on, except for his brother, I am. I am sole goal has always been to keep his brother from self-destructing, and he knows he's failed. It's not until the chosen Serena enters Trez's life that the male begins to turn things around. But by then it's too late. The pledge to mate the queen's daughter comes due, and there is nowhere to run, nowhere to hide, and no negotiating. Trapped between his heart and the fate he never volunteered for. Trez must decide whether to endanger himself and others or forever leave behind the female he's in love with. But then an unimaginable tragedy strikes and changes everything. Starting out over an emotional abyss, Trez must find a reason to go on or risk losing himself and his soul forever. And I am in the name of brotherly love, is faced with making the ultimate sacrifice. Trez was the second son born to a family of modest wealth. However, his twin I am didn't thrive and wasn't expected to live for very long. Since Trez appeared perfectly healthy, Queen Rash had the twins' astrological charts altered to reverse the birth order and declaring Trez the anointed one essentially the breeding stud to their hair of the throne, instead of I am. While this situation brought health and a status to his family, it effectively imprisoned Trez in a life of pampered servitude. Raised by the queen's staff in a white cell, he went on a hunger strike until they sent I am to him, which was when the dysfunctional relationship between the twins began. X prevented his first escape temp, and to keep Trez in line after he threatened to take his own life, X threatened to torture and murder I am if Trez tried it again. It took him another 20 years to realize that the jewels they constantly kept him adorned in were set in steel, which prevented him from dematerializing. When the perfect opportunity prevented itself, he stripped naked and dematerialized through the air vents and escaped. The first sign of habitation he came across was a cabin in the Adirondacks, but he was forced to hide when revenge and the princess arrived for their rendezvous as per their blackmail agreement. After she left, Trez helped revenge when he collapsed from the poison she used against him. In return, revenge took Trez under his wing and helped him acclimate to both human and vampire society. As punishment for leaving for the outside world and mingling with other races, the Shahiz ordered him to work for Rev. 
and he continued to take care of him after his meeting with the princess. When revenge faked his death, the iron mask went to Trez, and later, Trez opened shadows. Trez continued to manage both nightclubs after revenge became king of the sympaths. Twenty years after leaving the Shahizb, Trez met Selena when the Chosen moved to Revenge's great camp, and although they were attracted to each other from the start, Trez's sex addiction and anointed one status in addition to the disease she was keeping a secret, they stayed away from each other for the most part. This was made more difficult when he moved into the Brotherhood's mansion, and she continued to service the blood needs of the brothers. When Selena could no longer keep her disease a secret, Trez devoted himself to making sure she got to do everything she wanted before the end. This was complicated by the queen's orders to finally bring him to heal, even though the princess had secretly fallen in love with Iam. But she was ultimately foiled in a coup led by Machian and Sex. Trez ensured that Selena knew she was deeply loved and was able to depart on her own terms. After her passing in a near-death experience of his own, he had a vision of Selena telling him that his time on earth wasn't finished and he needed to be there for his brother. Despite her message, he was extremely depressed and considered taking his own life until he met Teresa, his mate's doppelganger, who was working at his brother's restaurant. They quickly fell in love, which was interrupted when Teresa learned that her mother had been admitted to ICU at Haver's clinic. She reunited with her family and her mother recovered, but then Trez came clean about Selena and Teresa's resemblance to her. Feeling used, and rightfully so, she told him that she never wanted to see him again. While suffering from one of his frequent migraines, he had a vision of Lassiter resurrecting Selena from a funeral pyre. Sensing she was in danger, he went to the room housing where she was staying and found that she was trapped in a fire in the building. He enlisted the help of the Brotherhood to rescue her, and during her close call, she remembered her previous life, which healed the rift between them because they were both partly right and partly wrong. Once she recovered, she and her family moved in with Trez since her mother needed to stay close to the clinic due to her heart condition. He's currently working towards his degree in human law and real estate, which is his first experience with formal education. Selena was the last sequestered scribe until she stepped down when Fury was declared the primal, so she could mate with him. When Fury declared he would be monogamous to his shellin, she joined her sisters in adjusting to the real world by moving to Revenge's great camp. Although she was sick with the arrest, she kept it a secret because she didn't want anyone's pity and chose to focus on serving the blood needs of the Black Dagger Brotherhood, instead of which was where she met Trez. They avoided becoming entangled with each other, her because of her disease and him because of his position as the anointed one, until her illness became apparent. At that point, it became apparent that Trez had bonded with her. Since there's no treatment or cure, Selena chose to live as if she had all the time in the world ahead of her, 
and Trez wanted to give her the world. When the end came, she was afraid of being locked helplessly in her body and opted for assisted suicide. Book 14, The Beast His name is Rage, the deadliest fighter and most voracious lover of all the brotherhood whose inner beast could never be tamed. But Rage found his eternal love in Mary Luce, a woman who once bore a life-threatening curse while dreaming of eternity with her vampire warrior and protector. Rage was born in the year of 1843 to torture and an unnamed vampire female. He transitioned in the year 1868. In 1898, Rage joins the Brotherhood, but he was young and arrogant and made many poor decisions. That same year, he killed an owl sacred to the scribe virgin. He begins to realize there are consequences to his actions. She curses him for the death of the bird with the beast. Rage met Mary when she accompanied John Matthews to the training center as an interpreter and chaperone. Against Rath's orders, he began seeing her, and they fell for each other. But Mary was dying of leukemia and tried to push him away so he wouldn't be devastated after her death. Accustomed to having constant sex with random women to control his beast, Rage realized that he didn't want anyone other than Mary and refused to let her push him away. Rage bargained with the scribe virgin for Mary's life, offering to keep the curse of the beast for the rest of his life if she would save his shellin. Since there must be a balance, there had to be a sacrifice, which the scribe virgin had decreed would be Rage forsaking Mary for the rest of his life, and she would never remember him. However, once the scribe virgin discovered that Mary was sterile from the cancer treatments, she brought Mary and Rage together since Mary's inability to bear young was sufficient sacrifice. Mary was born to Cecilia Luce and an unnamed father. Her mother named her after the Virgin Mary due to her mother's strong religious beliefs. She was raised Catholic, but at times Mary questioned her mother's beliefs. Ultimately, because her mother had died for a while, Mary worked with an autistic child, teaching them how to read and write, while also counseling. Sadly, Mary underwent intensive treatment for leukemia. After surviving it, she became an accountant for a law office and volunteered for a suicide prevention hotline. John Matthew, a mute orphan, regularly called the suicide prevention hotline and listened to Mary talk to him. One night, concerned for her safety, he followed her home. While relaxing in the backyard, she spied John, a scrawny boy, and invited him to join her. He confessed that he lived across from the hotline office and worried about her getting home safely, since it was in a bad neighborhood, which was why he followed her. As was her custom, Mary's neighbor Bella came over to visit and recognized Mary's visitor as a pre-trans vampire. She coaxed John Matthew into visiting the Brotherhood's compound, vaguely describing it in a way that led John Matthew and Mary to think it was a type of martial arts dojo. John Matthew refused to go without Mary, and while he was in the training center, Mary met Rage. At that time, 
He had very recently changed into the beast and was mostly blind while recovering, but was immediately attracted to Mary's voice, trapping her to a wall and instructing her to keep talking. Although Mary's memory of the trip to the compound were removed, Rage convinced Bella to set him up on a blind date with Mary. On the date, she met Rage, going by the name Hal E. For what she believes is the first time, but upon seeing how gorgeous he was, she thought it was a joke at her expense. She couldn't believe that a man like him would fall for her. After their meeting, he dropped her off at the house, and they began to spend time together. They fell for each other, but Mary's leukemia returned, and it's terminal. Afraid of hurting rage with her pending death, remembering how bereft she was after losing her mother to multiple sclerosis, she tried to push him away. Accustomed to having constant sex with random women to control his beast, Rage realized that he didn't want anyone other than Mary and refused to let her push him away. Mary works at Safe Place, which she helped Marissa to create, where she originally met Biddy and her mother. When Annalyn was dying of a miscarriage, Mary brought Biddy to her to say goodbye. As the girl touched her mom's hand, Annalise passed away and Mary blamed herself for traumatizing Biddy. Shortly after that, Rage was dying of a gunshot straight to the heart, and although she could follow him into the fade, she was reluctant to leave Biddy all alone in the world. Mary managed to coke the beast into healing the wound, saving Rage's life, but was wrecked with guilt because she felt it was for the wrong reasons. Biddy's father was abusive and gave her multiple fractures all over her body. One day, he put her in a hospital with a compound fracture in her leg, which required a titanium rod with expectations of more surgeries as she grew. After being released from Havers' clinic, she and her mom were living in poverty, and Biddy's father tried to murder them with a chainsaw. Butch, Rage, and Vicious killed the father and left his body in the woods to disintegrate at sunrise. Then they took the females to safe place, where they were the first residents. In fact, it was Marissa's encounters with them at her brother's clinic that prompted her to begin the first shelter for children and the abused females of the species. When Annalyn died of a miscarriage, Mary and Rage adopted her. She had a dream where her unborn sibling came to her and she knew he would have been her brother. She named him Charlie. Biddy's major bones had to all be broken and rest due to the damage. She couldn't go under anesthesia because she was allergic. Because of this, Rage went into beast mode in Haver's clinic, destroying one of the rooms. After meeting her Uncle Rune, Biddy stays with Mary and Rage requesting that Rune also move in with them. Book 15, The Chosen Excor, leader of the Band of Bastards, convicted of treason against the Blind King, is facing a brutal interrogation and torturous death at the hands of the Black Dagger Brotherhood. Yet after a life marked by cruelty and evil deeds, he accepts his soldier's fate. His sole regret that loss of a sacred female who was never his, the chosen Layla. Layla alone knows the truth that will save Excor's life, but revealing his sacrifice and his hidden heritage will expose 
expose them both and destroy everything Layla holds dear, even her role of mother to her precious young. Torn between love and loyalty, she must summon the courage to stand up against the only family she has for the only man she will ever love. Yet even if Excor is somehow granted a reprieve, he and Layla would have to confront a graver challenge, bringing the chasm that divides their worlds without paving the way for a future or even greater war, desolation and death. As a dangerous old enemy returns to Coldwell and the identity of a new deity is revealed, nothing is certain or safe in the world of the Black Dagger Brotherhood, not even true love or destinies that have long seemed set in stone. In 1731, deep within the damp and dirty cave, Excor was born breached during a historic blizzard. His father, Harem, had disavowed him on the spot, claiming Excor was a cursed child, and leaving him to his mother's care. Under threat of death by Harem, she was forced to raise Excor, but she did so without care, kindness, compassion, or love. By the time he was old enough to crawl, she kept him chained in the yard outside her cottage and never brought him inside. When Harem was killed when Excor was still a young child, Excor's mammon was freed from her obligation and abandoned Excor, still chained in the yard. She never even looked back when he cried out for her not to leave him. Excor never even learned her name. Terrified, cold, and hungry, Excor found a way to break the chains around him and to feed to stay alive, becoming a vicious killer. As a preteen, he spent nearly a decade in an orphanage. Over the years, he remained isolated in the abandoned cottage, and he fed off of wildlife in the forest nearby. When he was going to go into his transition, he made a deal with a female vampire in the nearby village. She would see him through his transition and feed him, and he would give her the cottage. He survived into adulthood, barely, and left his home forever, wandering the world. He eventually came upon a group of vampires led by the bloodletter, who were tracking down some lessers. Excor managed to get involved in the fight and survive it. Known as the vampire who could only sire weakling females, or a single cursed boy. The bloodletter saw the opportunity to save face by claiming such a strong fighter as his get, so he lied to everyone, including Excor. In the bloodletter's training camp, he was forced to fight for his very survival under its brutal conditions, which were deliberately cultivated by his alleged father. This required him to become inured to metting out physical violence including the torture and rape of vanquished foes and shutting down any traces of compassion or caring in his psyche. Despite how cunning and hard he became, there was no denying that a thread of honor hid at the core of him. As a result, the other soldiers followed him willingly, practically worshipping him and obeying him without question. He formed an elite group of soldiers which he termed as Band of Bastards. And together, they and the bloodletter roamed Europe, 
taking and killing at will, but always remembering not to reveal their true heritage to the humans, per the old laws. It wasn't until Payne exacted her revenge upon her father, the bloodletter, for the brutal treatment of her twin Vicious, that Excor and the band of bastards learned that he was not, in fact, the bloodletter's blooded son. In spite of this, the band of bastards agreed to continue following Excor's lead. He brought them overseas to Caldwell, determined that the vampires needed a change in leadership, and began plotting a coup. During an assassination attempt on Wrath, Excor was severely injured. In a desperate move to save his captain, Thro contacted the chosen Layla, using the blood she'd fed him when he was injured in the Brotherhood's clinic. Continuing to pretend to be an ally of the Brotherhood, he had her feed Excor with her powerful healing blood. One look, one taste of Layla's blood, and Excor was struck with the mating instinct. Attempting to ignore his need for Layla, Excor focused on his plan to overthrow the king's power and position instead of killing him, intending to install himself on the throne. He began working with various rogue members of the Glymira, trying to politically maneuver them into submission and compliance. What Excor soon discovered, however, was that many of the Glymira weren't to be trusted, as they would dispose of Excor just as easily as they'd planned to dispose Wrath. As time went by, and despite his ambition to seize power, Excor found it difficult to concentrate on anything but Layla. Using the knowledge of the location of the Brotherhood's mansion, Excor blackmailed Layla into meeting with him once a month for a full year. Those platonic visits tormented both of them, but at the same time, eased them a bit. As being close to each other and seeing the other safe and unharmed did much to provide them both some relief. When Wrath abolished the monarchy and turned the race into a democratic republic, going with the theme of a new world in transition, the move surprised Excor, and he came to respect Wrath. This change, coupled with the fact that warring with the Brotherhood only put Layla in danger, made Excor decide to drop all his plans of seizing power. That decision created a schism between him and Thro, who still had great aspirations for ridding their people of its newly elected president, Wrath. When push came to shove, the rest of the band of bastards chose their loyalty to Excor over Thro who was then banished from the group. The damage was done, however. Thro had revealed Excor's bonding to a chosen, living with the Brotherhood. To Excor's surprise, however, the other bastards hadn't resented his luck. Instead, they were curious and a little in awe that Excor could win the love of such a beautiful, pure vampire of the highest echelons of their society. Excor was severely injured, suffering a broken back and nearly dying from his wounds. The Brotherhood kidnapped him off the field of battle, hiding him away in the tomb where he was plugged into human medical machinery to try to save his life. Their intention was to get him well so he could stand trial for attempting to kill Wrath, and thus be legally executed. Excor's death would, they figured, 
serve as a message to the Glymere, as well about the price of treachery. While Excar was unconscious and recovering, Layla traveled over to the sanctuary and researched his past history. It was there that she discovered that Excor was really the blooded son of Harem, and that his half-brother, Torment, had been granted by Wrath the office of the serving as Excor's executioner once the trial had finished. Rushing back to the mansion to tell the others, Layla went into early labor. After a difficult time of it, she finally gave birth to fraternal twins who were named Rampage and Lyric. After being comatose for months, Excor woke as Quinn attempted to murder him. To avoid killing Quinn, Excor escaped to a cabin in the woods where Layla found him using the blood bond between them. When Morath sent a peace convoy to the Band of Bastards, asking to meet so the issue between them could be resolved once and for all, Excor agreed to it. There he knelt before Wrath and agreed to accept him as his king and leader, to abide by the law Wrath had established, and to serve the race together with the Brotherhood. The band took to their knees out of loyalty to Excor and vowed the same. When lessers attacked and Excor led the band in defending the king alongside the Brotherhood, Wrath had the bastards moved into the Brotherhood's mansion to consolidate their power base and assure everyone's safety. From then on, Layla and Excor were allowed to live together as mated Shellen and Helrin. The youngest of the chosen, Layla was trained as a hero's, but was never called upon in the capacity, and so she felt unfulfilled since that was supposed to be her duty. Instead, she focused on providing blood for the brothers, who couldn't take the veins of their Shellens. When Thro was injured, the Brotherhood had Layla feed him to save his life but never revealed to her his involvement in the coup the band of bastards were attempting. Thro later used her blood in his veins to summon her to get her to feed Excor, when he was dying after an attempt on Wrath's life. Still under the impression that Excor was a noble fighter of worth, she did so without even knowing that he was the one who attacked the king. As his identity became apparent to her, she worked with Hex to track Excor using her blood to locate him. When she went into her kneading, she found a possible solution to the emptiness by having a young and asked Quinn to service her since he, too, was without family. Although the two of them weren't romantically involved, the two of them had grown close since both of them felt adrift without any real family. Layla began to miscarry soon after. And in order to keep a pregnancy a secret, she went to Havers, who treated her like trash for seeking medical treatment while pregnant without the permission of the primal. When Fury learned of her condition, she felt ashamed and renounced her status as a chosen, declaring herself fallen. Seeing Layla's sacrificing, pain overextended herself to heal Layla and stop the miscarriage. In my next episode, we're going to continue with the next few books of my favorite series from J.R. Ward. Thank you for spending time with me today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Feel free to leave a review and subscribe to my show. Thank you again. And remember, dream big and keep reading.